Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? I wanted to talk to you about how we depend on school to help our kids get and be success ready and where there might be a downfall on that thinking. I shared in yesterday's podcast that um, Google looks for people that have went through resiliency and hardship. They also look for people that can be a good team player and know how to take risks. And unfortunately, School just doesn't teach that, you guys. School is based on this model that we need to almost have perfection to do well. And then when we don't, it's looked at as a failure, which is looked at as a bad thing. So where do people really take risks in school? And how much hardship is there to come over or resiliency when it's just more like you're getting beat down in the system? I kind of have coined this, what do I want to be when I give up? Kids go through school not having this like cheerleader approach to their learning abilities and embracing what they don't know, but it's the opposite. It's like being pegged into this hole of what you don't know and then being judged on that. And there's not this engagement in learning that's taught, so, or even how we learn that's taught. And so kids are just asking that question, what do I want to be when I give up? How do I know this? Because kids between the ages of grade 5 to 12, only 1 in 3 feel their success ready. 50% almost lack hope for the future. 50% are disengaged to a school, which is where they spend so much of their time. Almost 70% do not receive financial literacy information. And 31% sorry, less than 31, don't receive it at school. So if they're, you know, not receiving it at school, not receiving financial information at home, they're feeling disengaged, they're not having hope. Well, no wonder I'm coining it, what do I want to be when I give up that they're asking. I remember the question used to be, what do I want to be when I grow up? But somehow that gets dimmed and dimmed as kids go through our school system. I've talked about this before in terms of tests and um, tests typically measure content that's being taught in a specific subject. It's not measuring persistence, curiosity, enthusiasm, courage, leadership, creativity, resourcefulness, self-discipline, a sense of wonder, big picture thinking, compassion, reliability, motivation, humor, Empathy, a sense of beauty, humility, or resilience. It is simply measuring what they know about a specific subject in a single moment in time with all the other factors that are happening in a kid's world. So just think about that. None of those other things are being measured. And yet, that's how we're measuring kids. Oh, 
It just drives me crazy. So no matter it, no matter, sorry, it's what do I want to be when I give up? You know what? It's so sad because places like Google, when they're doing these studies, they're almost suggesting that kids have to unlearn what they've went to school for years for because they don't want them to be this square peg that just does what they're told. They want them to have this initiative and this motivation and this ability to risk. And yet that doesn't come in our school system which is very unfortunate. So what I wanted to do is spend some time talking with you guys about what you need to do to get your kid to be success ready. And I'm hoping that you're not depending on school for these things. There's a long list of them and we'll go through them and maybe it'll take a podcast or two. I'm not sure. But let's think about it. Effective communication skills. I do have another podcast on that if you want to check it out. Where are we actually taught effective communication skills? I went through all of schooling. Um, I went to school in Ontario, in Canada. And um, at that point, we had 12 grades. And then we had what was called an OAC, an Ontario Academic Credit Grade, which is you needed six of those, minimum of six of those to go to university. And so let's just say we had 13 grades. Um, So put that into perspective of where you are around the world. I had a very good um, average and and grades in school. I felt that the school system worked for my brain, or I don't think I felt that way. I just did well in school. And so interestingly, though, I did so well in school, and yet I had to take a communications lab when I took my social work degree and realized I knew nothing about communication. And yet I had taken 12 years in school. You'd think at some point they would teach you about communication. So more than just the words we use, effective communication combines a set of skills that we're not taught about. Nonverbal communication, how to be an engaged listener, how to manage stress in the moment when you are communicating with people, the ability to communicate assertively, and the capacity to recognize your own emotions and other people's when you're communicating with them. Where is that taught? Communication skills are ranked first among a job candidate's must-have skills and qualities, and yet we're not taught that in school. Where are you teaching your kids good, solid communication skills? All of those things I just mentioned. Are your communication skills great? Because chances are they're learning them from you, right, as their mirror, people around them, their other key influencers. And so how they are as communicators is a reflection of their environment, unless we teach them to be different and teach them how to communicate. Another one is time management. So I'm sure you know that there's 1,440 minutes in a day, there's seven days in a week, and 52 weeks in a year. And nothing can change that, right? That is just the baseline of the time management that we have to deal with. Well, spending your time in a frenzy of activities doesn't achieve more, doesn't achieve less, because you're going to be just, oh, sorry, it would achieve less because you're dividing yourself between all these activities. And somebody who's on sort of on the flip side of that, where they're, you know, not doing much and then do it at the last minute, there's still only those certain amount of time in the day. You cannot change that. So you need good time management. One of the things that Google said they were looking for is somebody that can manage a task or manage a project. And 
how we need to do that is we need to really work smarter and not harder. You need to understand how your brain works and how it functions and how best your motivation also works to figure out how you can manage to get things done. So you need to have organization skills, planning skills, know how your brain works, know if you're inner motivated, outer motivated, a combination of that. And especially in stressful times when that time, that 1440 minutes might be reduced or your seven days to do a project might be reduced or your 52 weeks in a year might be reduced. How are you going to deal with that? So um, time management skills were not taught and we need. It's one of the key things actually I love to do with uh, tutoring students that we have. I'll say to them, all right, you know when your test is, now we're going to work backwards. And I lay out a whole plan for test time management and they're blown away because nobody's ever taken them through that or taught them that. It's crazy to me. Money management. We've talked about that in a different podcast. How to budget, how to save, how to invest, how to spend, how to give back. One of the biggest steps towards an independent life is having financial independence. And we want our kids to be successful and success ready and go out into the world. But if they're not taught money management anywhere, then how are they going to know these things? Money is necessary to live and live well in our society. You don't necessarily need a lot of it to be be happy, independent, successful, but you do need to have an understanding. You need to know what good debt is versus bad debt. You need to have education around money. You need to know your numbers. How many business owners don't know their numbers? You need to have savings for a rainy day, so the expression goes. You need to have investments so that at some point you can stop what you're doing and just live off of them. You need to know how to spend money in a cost-effective, cost-savings way. And you need to make sacrifices for your long-term financial goals. You need to know what that looks like and how to build that in. You need to take control of your money, both the money you earn and the money you spend. But where does this happen? Where is that taught? I don't believe that it's really taught in school. So how do we know these things? You know, another piece of that is financial literacy, how to buy a car, how to buy a house, how to use a credit card. Holy, what is the um, percentage of interest on a credit card? When does that interest start? What is insurance? Do we need it? How to do taxes and wills? How to apply for a loan? And I could go on and on. Using your credit card responsibly is a difficult concept. More than 80% of Canadians have debt. Not sure what the rest of the stats are for around the world, but I'm going to guess that they're pretty similar in most developed countries. So what's important to remember is how you use your credit card as a habit, just like anything else. And it's these financial habits that lead someone who can buy then a home or buy a car or start a business and be successful. So you know what? It's so interesting to know that that stuff isn't taught. I remember hearing uh, my mom tell me a story of how she went to the bank for the first time when my dad told her to, and she hadn't. So she had these checks and she just had them under her mattress, literally. And she just had money there. And she didn't know even what a bank was. Now, there's tons of people that don't know that, don't know how to store their money or distrustful of banks or the like, or don't know how to write a check. It's, it just seems so crazy to me that our schools don't teach these things, but they don't. And then we send a kid out of our house and expect them to just know these things. 
Understanding your learning style is another one. Every child should understand how their brain works. Not just a child of someone who has special needs. Every single child should understand that. You can do just a simple quiz online if you really want to know it and to start having that engagement and that conversation with your child about how their brain works. Because my brain doesn't work the same as your brain. So one child that's sitting beside another child in class, their brain doesn't work the same and yet they're assessed the same. So how do they do that? How do they manage and navigate that system? So by learning one's learning style, then they're going to recognize that learning the same way isn't the norm. A textbook with some notebook and some question and answer isn't how everybody learns. So there's false expectations around children learning that way, and yet it's the way that school is set up. So can we not be more realistic in how we look at how kids learn? Again, where are they taught that? You think you'd be taught how to learn at school, (laughs) but you're not. You're just taught the subjects. Mental health. So how to be perfectly happy, being imperfect. So I call that perfectly imperfect. And how to be happy, dot, 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 just because. So mental health means striking a balance in all aspects of your life. Your social, your physical, your spiritual, your economic, and your mental life. And your mental health. And can you have a balance between those? Reaching a balance is a learning process. It doesn't just happen overnight. And at times you might trip. You might have a little bit too much there, a little bit too much there. And you got to find your direction and your, and your balance and your footing again. But where are you taught that? And where are you taught that your personal balance could be totally unique to somebody else's personal balance? And the happy just because. Kind of equate that to somebody who's just starred in a movie and they're on cloud nine and then they get a bad review. Well... Are they going to kick themselves? Are they going to pull that movie? You know, hopefully not because we wouldn't see most of the movies that we've seen because of course somebody might be critical of it. So how do you be happy no matter what's going on around you? And that's a very tough question to answer. But where are we taught that? Where are we taught in school to be perfectly imperfect and to be happy just because? And we're not. So then therefore we don't take risks and we live in depressant states or we live in anxiety-based states when we don't have to. Where are kids taught about healthy relationships? Most of the biggest stressors in our lives come from interactions with people. And yet if we aren't taught that, healthy relationships build really good self-esteem, improve mental and emotional health. Oh, they help you live your fuller life. And as Google said, it's not about who's on their team. It's about the team itself. So consider the health risks from being alone or being isolated. They're the same health risks that come from cigarette smoking and high blood pressure and obesity. Same health risks. And we can do something pretty crazily positive about that by just teaching kids how to have healthy relationships. But again, that's criticized in school. And maybe you're told your kid doesn't, but you're not taught that. There's not classes around that. There's not discussion and curiosity around that. Learning to fail. Oh, I have podcasts about that. So uh, maybe you really need to listen to that one. But basically, failure, it's just a word, guys. It just get, judges a situation. It's not a life sentence. So instead of feeling failure, we should embrace that. We should learn from our mistakes and our areas, our errors, sorry, errors, sorry, and grow from that. Many of the world's greatest success have been on their path to failing. You could find tons of quotes on that. Um, there's 
Steven Spielberg, who had his first movies and uh, crazy criticism. I believe it was Jaws and look at what a hit that was. Well, Disney couldn't have anybody that would find the mouse appealing. <laughs> okay, um, Thomas Edison, who developed, I believe it was the light bulb, had several mistakes. I think it's something like 10,000 mistakes or 10,000 failures before he was able to do that. Greatest successes come from all your failures. But school doesn't teach us that. It teaches us, oh, you fail, on to the next thing, and you're a failure. Not a way to correct it or a way to learn from it. What about being creative and and um, <clears throat> critical thinker, right? This divergent thinker. We're not. Here's your textbook questions. Here's your textbook answers. If you don't give an answer that's within my scope of answers here, guess what? You're wrong. And that drives me crazy because why does we need to be wrong? I think I've maybe shared in a different podcast that my son, who's 16, so two years ago when he was 14 in grade 8, they did The Outsiders. Guess what book they did in grade 8 for me? The Outsiders. I'm sure the questions were the same. How crazy is that? It's not creative and it's not critical. It's not taking it and saying, hey, write your own outsider's book based on your experience or find your favorite book now or your favorite movie and create your own sequel to it you know it's just really so interesting um, I as a toddler climbed out of my playpen by stacking up my toys in a strategic way right that's pretty good creative problem solving but we're in school and my mom was like a little taken aback for that because she thought she could leave me in there and go do stuff, right? So my creative abilities weren't necessarily applauded. How often does that happen in school? Or do we do that to our own kids when they do something creative, right? We, we shove that down. And yet, in our rapidly growing global world, creativity is going to be the things that get us noticed and have us keep and get jobs. So for the trouble, the troubled kids that do that, um, they're going to have a really good future, just so you know. There's so many more pieces that I'd like to talk to you about in terms of what we need to be taught at school. And I'll have a podcasting part two because this one is getting to the point where it's pretty long. But really what I want you guys to think about is if your children aren't being taught these things at school and you weren't, where are you going to have them taught these skills? How are you going to teach them these skills? They need to know them to be success ready. Thank you so much for listening and good morning, good evening, and good afternoon wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much. <laughs>